It usually goes fine, Michael. We've never had a scuffle before. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 Kia ora and welcome to 76 Small Rooms, a podcast about architecture from Aotearoa, New Zealand. This is episode 35 and today Tash, Matt and myself, Arch, are joined by Michael Maloyevich, a professional teaching fellow at University of Auckland School of Architecture. Michael taught Tash and myself, Matt came through unscathed, going <laughs> through Unitech and um, Michael, we thought this was a really good partner episode to last episode's chat with Linda Simmons. Um, so continuing that theme of a kind of teaching perspective and observations that come with that. But I wonder if you could begin by maybe just sort of introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about what you do. All right. Um, well, I've been uh, teaching architectural history and theory at the school, of, including design, um, for many years now, 30. And uh, this started um, with an immigration to New Zealand from Vancouver, uh, where I'd been teaching at the University of British Columbia, which was preceded by seven years at Cambridge University, and before that, University of Illinois, where I did my master's, and before that, the University of Toronto. So um, I came through um, a whole series of kinds of schools of architecture. Toronto was taught basically by Dutch structuralists and AA people, um, and that was pretty exciting. Ted Cullinan and Ed Jones and Herman Hertzberger and that crowd, as well as the Americans, I suppose, we saw a fair number of them because George Baird and Rem Koolhaas were best friends, so Rem Koolhaas would often call the studio and would ring and ring and ring and ring, and finally he'd, he'd answer the phone and there was some lecture he was giving that evening. So, yeah, um, it, it's, been a, it's been a series of um, kind of different kinds of roles in teaching. Um, originally, it was just tutorial teaching around the uh, studio, which was um, what senior students did. Um, and then after that, it was more history teaching as a tutor at the University of Illinois. And then eventually I did do lecturing at Cambridge because we all did a speciality and mine was uh, eventually by that time really Christian Byzantine late antiquity. And uh, that was a result of archaeology um, that I'd done in Turkey and Tunisia and Serbia and that sort of thing. So um, it's been kind of informed originally by kind of an archaeology background and an interest in um, history, uh, which I didn't know would go English, but of course, after seven years in Cambridge, uh, I, I just threw myself into something I, I didn't even conceive of as being interesting, to be honest, um, hmm. originally. So that was pretty exciting. Um, and I um, did a lot of that with my wife, Robin Byron, who's an architect and now a conservation um, planner and uh, architect advisor. And that's always been inspiring, I suppose you could say, because we've both been interested in history and theory and eventually heritage and history and archaeology. So it's been a kind of package. Yeah. Archaeology as a way into architecture, I've never seen, I've never heard or thought of that entry in. Mm. Like the, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably doing it a disservice, but the digging up and unearthing mm. of, of the past as a kind of way in. Right. And it's interesting because that is probably the, um, I was talking with, um, I was talking with another person today about coming to my studies off a uh, sheep station mm. in the middle of nowhere where architecture was fundamentally sort of buildings mm. in air quotes and I remember those history lectures and the famous um, Spyro Kostov's History of Architecture, <laughs> I remember which I once, saw, I once saw thrown out of the ninth floor of Grafton Hall residence <laughs> by a classmate, preceded by a scream of anguish. 
and and those first classes starting and going you know so far back yeah. which for me really reset that things it was like well before we get to drawing elevations mm. it was this gigantic leap back through millennia yeah um which is a really amazing way to kind of begin uh, and start that kind of journey of, of yeah. widening of scope and you know i mean students can either love it or hate it. I mean, the last study tour we had at the University of Seville where we were for five weeks on and off, and uh, there were a couple of really amazing prehistoric stone uh, dolmens in the region, the largest interior in central, in Europe. And uh, some students sort of walked in and out and thought, what, what are we doing here? And some just, of course, come out and said, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm imagining that, you know, we have, as humans have built with, you know, stones the size of this room. Yeah. And you think, mm. well, why? You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it's really exciting. It can be very exciting. And I, I certainly found archaeology um, exciting. And that really stems back from my being a teenager in, in, in Serbia and, well, then Yugoslavia, and um, l- loving to go to monasteries where I saw conservation architects at work. And right. I, I, I just saw these huge sheets of tracing paper you know, and they're just, I mean, the most gorgeous drawings. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to do that, you know. Yeah. And, and so I came back to Toronto and I, I proceeded that with the Iran Terror Museum. So that's how I ended up in Iran doing excavations when I was in third year and that uh-huh. sort of thing. And that just, you know, get a taste for it. Mm. Yeah, it is. You, you say history is, um, architectural history is something you gravitate towards or not, or enjoy or not. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember starting architecture school and kind of wondering why history might even be important, mm. but it's actually one of the, my favourite memories of, uh, of architecture school are those history yeah. and the, it's kind of how I learned about the history of the world, or the, you know, the little yeah. bit of mm. I know about history sure. is through architecture. So, yeah, yeah I um, yeah, it's something I... Was that uh, Graham McConchie? It was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he yeah. also um, gave us Spiro Kostov to read. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we still use a version of that text, although it's now been... It's been uh, in a, um, split up into various uh, topic sections with you know different color text and you know <laughs> you know it's kind of page uh, kind of a, a sort of uh, just so that those long long chapters aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny that you should say yeah. the Kostovs uh, because uh, just recently Giles Reed's been in touch with doing stuff on Megson and uh, he said you have to listen to Scully's lecture on this and Scully's lecture on that and of course you know they were they were buddies. I mean there was mm. an intensity there and. Uh, and you know all the love of the material, which was huge. And um, Kostov, uh, being Greek, uh, his background was in Byzantine architecture. So I really, yeah. I, 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 you know, that's the first, uh, the first I read of him was about his Cappadocian work. And so then when I saw he did a world history, I was pretty thrilled. But I do know what you mean. I've had class groups come to me and say, you know, this is unreadable. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, yeah. I remember being assigned a chapter for reading and coming home and discovering how bloody big I think like, that, one that was the thing I found so daunting. Like, I've got to get through 300 pages tonight. Yeah, well, this is cruel and unusual. Yeah. There's so much of it. But it also had these beautiful drawings. Mm. That's right. Beautiful black and white pen drawings. Mm. And that's been really lost. That's lost. Is that yeah. not in the recent all edition? Color pictures. Uh, I it's all colour oh, pictures. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit of a disservice, yeah. but yeah. it's very largely colour. And our essays are very largely coloured pictures. You know, it's just it's, yeah. it's just part of the same world. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to get students to present a plan with any interest, for example. And, you know, 
you just think, oh, really, isn't it the most beautiful thing about this building? And, you know, um, yeah, it's just not something, you know, it's, just, it's part, I mean, Linda spoke about that. Yeah. yeah. And so much of yeah. the history course was about um, the understanding of buildings and studying them through the drawing of plans and sections. Yes. That's right. More so than 3Ds That's and right. things yeah. like that. It's a, it's a really well, fundamental way to understand. Did you know? Deirdre Brown and I now teach the course, and uh, a, a, a one drawing, uh, which we suggest should take a day and a half to do, is the is the uh, main uh, graphic component of that. We tried we tried two drawings, <laughs> and that was thin sometimes. So we're, we're now sort of saying no, it's, it's all on that. You know, you got yeah. it's going to be one good. You know what I remember, and the the reason it's all driven really by. By Kerry Morrow's teaching, I remember mm. him when he did the study tours, which were just completely different than what I've been doing over yeah. the years. I mean, he was just so interested in coming back with drawings. I remember Roberta Johnson in the in the uh, in the centenary show bringing out because I would ask whether she had a, a notebook from those years, and you know, it's spectacular work. Uh, you know, now we get, of course. 130,000 images when I ask for, you know, yeah. you know that sort of thing. And we've got different things, but it is uh, it is quite interesting. The drawing components really important. We, we still I st we still hang on to it. Um, yeah. yeah. As uh, so it's because um, yeah, uh, the, the tendency is to, to get some very ordinary pictures, you know, unless you ask for yeah. drawings. Well, it's a different kind of observation that's required when you draw something yeah. from when you take a picture of something. Yes. And I think also with, you know, the way that photography has become every person's tool now, sometimes the focus can be on getting the right image rather than actually being in the space and observing the qualities of that. That's right. Yeah, um, that's right. So yeah. I think drawing, because it requires slowness and observation, mm. it, it, it's mm. it just puts you in a different yeah. frame. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to, <clears throat> and we've talked to some great photographers here, you know, I don't want to downplay the amount of effort that goes into deciding what to do with no. one two fiftieth of a second. No. <laughs> right? But it's, it is yeah. very different. And I, I only really started properly drawing again when I went travelling. Yeah. yeah. And that slowing down and deciding where to sit and how to look and how to represent those things. So I'm, I'm really interested in coming back to the students and the teaching yeah. aspect, right? So this deep passion you have and the way you came into it, uh, but you know, you teach you teach history uh, amongst an architecture degree. I'm really interested in views on how why is history important? Yeah. Um, you teach design as well, and mm. so you no doubt draw threads between those. And and has have things changed over uh, that time? Um, yes, they they have changed. Um, well, one thing that's changed is that there's so few history courses. Right. You know, now you know we're, we're what's the mandatory. Well, what what we have is largely mandatory, and and yep. and, and that's that goes pretty quick now. Yeah, so. <laughs> priests in forty minutes. You know, Roman forty minutes kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you know, pretty. But of course, that means that now we're doing you know India, <laughs> and we're doing. Africa and South America, which of course was brand new to me, mm. very exciting. Mm. You know, towards the end of your career, all of a sudden being asked to do something which is something you've never done before, yep. and thinking, "Man, I could drive to Mexico from Toronto. I never thought of it." You know, it'd be so yeah. exciting now. You know, yeah. I just never. But that's what, and you know, that's the, the metier of teaching. I guess you could say is you know you have these new passions, which is kind of exciting. I think the history has changed. Um, 
teaching, it has changed. I mean, I guess I was a little bit, um, well, when it was a much, the, the teaching went over a longer extent of time. Uh, uh, perhaps I got rather overly interested in, in, in kind of the, the, the depth of it. And now, because it's so quickly done, it's done, it's done very, at quite a speed, I tend to uh, not ask the students to recall anything really about a, about a culture or, 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 a, or a period or a place. But I'm hoping that in the images that they can see constructional material details that uh, might relate to their, uh, their own work. Mm. So, you know, it would be, you know, uh, about, say, certain kinds of reinforcing or certain kinds of um, vaulting or certain kinds of glass or certain kinds mm. of uh, finishes, uh, ceramics or stone, just to, just to check on whether um, um, wh or why, why those things couldn't just be, well, of course, when I went to school, that wouldn't have been of any interest whatsoever. Mm. But now the students are super keen on, on all the metals and you know, all the stones and all the ceramics. I mean, that's mm. the most brilliant part about the last, say, 15 years of teaching. It's yep. just, that, you know, since the rise of all that materialism and, uh, mm. and, and well, rich materialization, mm. you know, it's all there in the history and you can learn from that. You know, it's just beautiful to, mm. to, to kind of connect with that. Do you see that link being made between what, what, you know, what students are seeing in those courses and being pulled through into design? And, and that's another thing I'm interested about. Not hearing, enough. <laughs> hearing if it's changed. Yeah, so no, for yeah. me, um, in a not quite a pre-internet, but almost a pre-internet yeah. world, um, this was some of the first times that I think one of the things that made a big impression on me was a lot of tectonic concepts, a lot of things about mass and weight, mm -hmm. and the basic idea that when you put materials together and you, they have to fit and slide past or sit on in really really simple ways, yeah. and that opened up a whole kind of world to me. Now the the the, the 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 social and visual feed is so deafening of the ways in which you can get those concepts and ideas. And I can imagine a, a, an almost a pivot from history to the present. Uh, yeah. I, saw, I saw the history, I came to see history as a place to learn precedent and see a, a, like a fertile soil to kind of grow ideas in. Hmm. But every, uh, you know, it's a very present world now. Of, of you know, yeah. it, it, something's out of, it, it's out of your feed unless it happened in the last few minutes or hours <laughs> yeah. and that's a really spectacular you, change you might argue that in fact in order to see anything in a book or you know pre-internet something in the library the majority of it was probably historical you know even if it was modernism yeah. you know the, the now you're right well all your the, periodicals were still many months many mm. weeks old by the time they mm. got to you yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I i'm curious i mean that's just a sort of personal view but yeah. You were in every lecture I went to most. <laughs> so um, I wonder what that's like over the time you've taught. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh, 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 well, one, I mean, one aspect of the kind of knowledge area and the extent of data and new knowledge or, um, or the recycling of old, old materials that, of course, now I, I teach like a, a geographical zone of probably five or eight times larger. So... I have very, I mean, I, I, I can, I can be there for say some 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 of the China, um, South America, you know, North America material, um, but uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not based on on a on a depth of knowledge that you know I, I guess I would have for the Mediterranean area. Yeah. And uh, 
And of course, the student can then come up with all sorts of new material, which, you know, has me really like, you know, I have to deal with this and I have to learn that quickly to, to understand, you know, I, it, you know, it's just like, you know, the, the very fact that Kostov is kind of still around in, mm. a, in a version with Ingersoll, mm. um, who, who rewrote it to some extent, um, you know, tells you that that material is pretty stable body mm. of material, even though they've now added a lot of other civilizations, mm. um, apart from that was so, it's not so Western. Um, but still, the, the, the scope is, 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 is massive, and, and of course, uh, and there are fewer of us. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, that, that's, um, that, that means that when a student does some work, uh, you're often um, kind of, you're not even you know what was some strange spelling sometimes you don't even know what the title means until yeah. you, go, you, you go a bit further and, and that that is that is a bit daunting because the amount of material there is, is of course you know astonishing i mean just last night you know i don't know at 10 i got some essay proposals and and, and you know you know one was about the famous neronian um palace in Rome, which had this rotating timber theater inside an octagonal dome thing and you know and you know the archaeology is from last year, some of it, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I kind of heard of it, but now I have to, you know, and, yeah. you know, so the students push you in these wonderful directions and you think, well, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that person sending me a paragraph on that, yeah. that room, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yes, the internet and of course the ability to access a, a ton of material online and, and yeah. uh, e-journals and all that is just, oh, huge. Yeah. I mean, we've lost our library. Yeah. Yes, but, I was going to uh, ask you about that. Yeah, no, 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 that's, you <laughs> mm. know, uh, I have to be honest, uh, it is a tragedy mm. for us. You know, people very often, the students, you'll say, well, you would have a plan, wouldn't you? Oh, I couldn't find a plan. I said, well, uh, it's in the library. I, I know it's now two blocks away, mm. but but that's, it's two blocks away for four stories up and then there's nobody there when you get there. And no, so, no yeah. specialist librarian no. to direct you no. in the no. right place. It's another world. Yeah. yeah, It's just a big hit in yeah. areas for us. And uh, but, but there are other sources that are, you know, truly amazing and is, but uh, maybe hard to assess if you don't have a, if you don't have a Wendy Garvey or a Sarah mm -hmm. Cox who can yeah. just say, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, mm. Yeah. No, it's uh, which you know when you think about the fewer historians, and then you think take away the librarians, and now you're talking about you know a different setup. Um, is is history the teaching of history and the importance of history? Um, and we've been down this track before in architecture, but is it in danger of being lost entirely? Is it in danger of becoming irrelevant? Well, or thought to be irrelevant. I, you know, I think actually my own career is almost like a, a giant wave of interest in history, which uh, you know, when, I wasn't taught history. Hmm. Uh, I, 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 I needed to go and find it at the museum or uh, at other places. In the ground. <laughs> That's right, in the ground. I had to go for myself. Uh, and uh, but then, of course, you know, all of a sudden, you know, somebody like Joseph Rickford comes into the school, and you go, "Whoa, this is." stuff you know everybody was so keen mm. and then Kenneth Frampton and you know that whole crowd uh, uh, that that was heavy and, and George was very George Baird was very involved in all that crowd when he taught in London and so they all came to Toronto and it was super exciting so um, so I followed Joseph Rickward because it just he just seemed the most <laughs> arcane I couldn't wait to you know read stuff that he read I don't know where does this stuff come from and uh, 
Yeah, I, I think that um, the kind of sources for material and the, and the interests that people um, um, had um, that, you know, we're just opening up. I mean, Joseph's book on, on on the 18th century. I mean, we just all oh, just gobbled this thing up, even though it was like you didn't understand one quarter of it. To be mm. honest, it, had, mm. it took three readings to figure out what he was on about, and uh, in in many cases, just so specialized. Uh, but it, we just loved that material. And of course, I then in England got really very stuck into the 19th century because I had um, David Watkin and Robin Middleton. I mean, he was just like the most astonishing teachers, you know, they were just, that was their speciality, they wrote the textbooks, and uh, and so you'd get a lecture one day, and you'd get in the car, Robin's car from the office, <laughs> and we'd just head out to whatever country house it was, and uh, and sometimes they weren't normally openable, and you'd write them a letter, and you'd say, oh, you're from the University <coughs> of Cambridge School of Architecture, and you're doing history and theory, and they, you know, Drayton Hall opened one day, and we are just like, <gasps> you know, so it was a real, it was a, it was a, but, you see, that all, you know, Joseph's, all that world went into kind of decline. Mm-hmm. You know, the teaching and history really went into mm-hmm. steep decline. And, uh, and I would really say that, you know, from, from when I was taught to when, I'm, when I leave, <laughs> shortly really, uh, from teaching, I mean, it, it, it will have seen this wave of history and interest in history largely largely thin out i think and uh, because the te- tech is now so interesting so other things mm. have come to be interesting you know i mean i myself you know when i teach design i'm so interested in landscape and and, and ecology and etc mm. you can't not help being interested in something else well, you, to, you, know. you just said a sentence which you rewind 100 years might have been said before which is you know history um becoming less relevant to paraphrase what you said yeah. because tech is so interesting yeah. Yes, you know, that's true. Technology. Around the 19th um, century. Yeah. I mean, it's a different technology now, but yeah. um, new and shiny things. So, yeah. yeah. And maybe we'll have its time again mm. at some point. I was going to ask you about, because what you're talking about is is the, the mentors who sparked curiosity in you that drove your own desire to learn more. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about the study trips and, uh, mm. you know, do you, yeah. uh, why you do them, um, yeah. do you find them valuable, what you think the yeah. students get out of them? Yeah, well, I just came back from a Northland study tour for nine days, and, uh, you know, we wouldn't be in this, the staff wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be in those places if it wasn't for the students mm. signing on, and, of course, the students wouldn't be there if we weren't there to make make it happen. And of course, I have to thank people like Pip Cheshire and, and many others, but, uh, you know, for basically just telling me, you got to go and see these things. And I, I frankly not ever heard of Dave Launder or Graham North. I mean, I'm sad to say, but I hadn't. And, but there we were within, you know, a few, you know, six, seven months we were there. And yeah, so it is driven by my own interest, you know, mm. I mean, absolutely. But um, I have to say that my own teachers uh, always went out into the field. Mm. So uh, when I, um, yeah, I mean, um, from first year we were in, because Toronto, you see, so easy to get across, you mm. know, my girlfriend was in Paris and, you know, the first year, first, you know, I just went over and every subsequent summer I was in Europe and that was, my family was, I had family in Switzerland, France and Serbia and so, or Yugoslavia at that time. So it was, I could just, you know, mm. I was very fortunate. And, and uh, 
And so that, that was very strong. But then my own teacher, Slobodan Churchich, um, who uh, was at the University of Illinois, he's a Serbian uh, specialist. He's written, written all the massive tomes he's um, uh, taught at, at the end of his life at Princeton. Um, he used to run programs at, at, because Princeton actually don't charge for their study tours. And so he would every year have a, a different theme, and one would be Sicily Norman churches, so it would be Sicily and southern Italy, and then the next year it would be Thessaloniki, and the, you know, that sort of thing. And there would be, of course, Constantinople, Istanbul, and then Serbia from time to time. Yeah, so, uh, and I just got the Bug. Uh, of course, I arrived, and it was Kerry Morrow who ran yep. that, and he did an amazing job. And you know, the drawings were so amazing. And but, of course, um, he eventually left, and I kind of took over. There were other people who did them as well. Gary Tonks, I remember, went to Spain. Um, other people did did programs. Uh, Sergio Hisafovich went to Korčula and uh, others. So, um, but I, um, I think the study tours, if I'm a say this, uh, I, I probably, as a character, um, because I do have some German background in me, I have this kind of precision around the tours, which um, was, you know, wouldn't be to some people's taste, but, <laughs> but I do tend to pack them in, and yeah. I think the students feel that they get good value, yeah. um, and they've seen things that, so I've had students say to me, they, they've just done the tour over again, they, you know, with their fiancé or something mm -hmm. like that, and they just said, oh, we, we just... We just went. <laughs> Mind you, we didn't get just in here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. So, I guess, um, yeah. And actually, when I taught at um, University of British Columbia, my predecessor, uh, an amazing uh, Czech Jew, uh, Abraham Rogatnik, um, he always did his programs in mm. Venice because he was right. super keen on Venice. It was Venice, and Venice. It was like, you know, it was a bit like having his domicile there, you know, in the summertime. And um, Toronto had a program in Siena and, 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 um, and a friend who studied there. And that was, you know. So th that was sort of just something I could bring to the school because I, I kind of was used to the idea. And uh, when when Kerry kind of gave it up and, uh, and it just seemed to be something I could do and uh, I didn't ever get into any trouble overseas in terms of, you know, financial trouble because it's very easy to run out of money. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, so, you know, I think financially they, they tended to work out and um, we didn't miss too many obligations. Mm. And, you know, there were unhappy students who wanted to go to Bilbao all the time, you know, because there'd be like all this draw, like wanting yeah. to race around the country and, and or whatever, and I sort of no, it was, it was an Alpine program, mm. or it was a, yeah. it was a, a an Andalusian program, and just you know, you're young, you, you'll see so much of the world. Just mm. focus in on something and get some depth. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know that's always been something, and we've always run them with universities, mm. so it's a program. It's not just a, it, no, I don't mean to say just a tour, but um, they're being taught at that university. Mm. Yeah. So that, that takes a fair bit of effort, to be perfectly honest, mm. um, to get that to work. But, you know, I mean, it's also, it's one thing to study something in a book or yeah. through slides, yeah. but to go and to actually, I was just talk, talking earlier about the value of seeing architecture with other architects, the types yep. of conversations mm. that you're able to, to have. Yep. Uh, it's, um, it's always been a treat for me whenever I've had that opportunity. It's 
Yeah. Really, like nothing else. We need, to do, we need to do another episode. That's a site visit. <laughs> we do. So yeah. we, we were saying before we turned the recording on, you know, the students I've spoken to recently and in the past have all talked about how hugely impactful the study tours were and what a massive difference they made. And I kind mm. of... Um, you know, here in New Zealand, we can't drive to Mexico. Yeah. It's not the option. <laughs> and this island yeah. nation mentality, which I think is very deep in our psyche, we're very outward looking, the, the, the strength of the tradition of the OE, um, mm. the relative disinterest that creates in our own country, much yeah. to its detriment. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you only come back and then realise how special is all of those things. And I also... I like I was, the idea of the Northland day too. Well, yeah. 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 That, was, that was Mike Davis, really, who... <clears throat> Um, said, you know, we just need to we need to have these in the in, in, in between the years of the international mm. programs, and that that was great. I mean, I at first thought, me, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, if you asked me to take you around Rome, I might know what I'm doing, yeah. but not Northland, you know who what wrote, I mean? And I, 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 of but <laughs> but of course, but of course, you know, you 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 do your homework, mm. and uh, and and oh, I have of course great colleagues, Matt. Matt Liggins, and this time we had Juliana Wilson, who, of course, you know, knows, uh, has been up there a lot, yeah, yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm not alone by any means in this, in all of this. Yeah. But that seeing it component, like, I, I was um, interviewing uh, someone this week, and we asked about their um, favourite architects, and gave the name of a couple of architects, and I, I asked, have you... Have you been to their buildings? And they answered, oh, no, I haven't actually been to their buildings, but I know them really well through photographs. And I had one instant reaction was, was sort of like an internal eye roll. It's like, how can it be? How can you, How can that be your favourite food? Yeah, if, if you've, you've never eaten it. <laughs> and then I had the counter reaction about the way that, you know, for me, you know, I'd name my favourite architects were all architects whose buildings I'd never seen yeah. for many, many years before I saw them. That's I sort right. of rubber banded back and forth. But... Then, of course, ultimately, it was only once actually seeing built works that I admired, or even works that I thought I hated, found out mm. I really liked. That experiential aspect, which, at least from the common point of view, is spatial and that, but also yeah. the historical aspect, that very, very strong sense of place and antiquity and all of those things that come with well, that. And, and that, it's actually more than just seeing, it's feeling yeah. them, you know. I mean, yeah. you go to them and you feel feel the spatial quality yep. within the light, way the light and coldness and yeah. the, the smell and exactly. the echo and yeah. Yeah. I, I worked with a guy called Henry Harker in London, he was a British guy, he was, I think he'd registered and we were there for a year and I came back from a weekend in, um, in Rome because we, we flew down there and had a look around and extended our weekends, probably a bank holiday or something and I mentioned to him, he was a budding architect and I mentioned him um, that we'd been to Rome and he said oh what was it like and I said well, what do you mean and he said well I've never been there and I said, you're an architect <laughs> you're a you know, 35 pound easy jet flight away from <laughs> Rome yeah. you hadn't been there in 28 <laughs> years <laughs> yeah yeah and so I think you know the, I'd be interested to hear how New Zealand architecture students um, see that differently to you've talked elsewhere yeah so I mean, is it a different perspective living in New Zealand and on an island in the um, South Pacific? Um, well, I think of our students as really well travelled. You know, yeah. to be honest, yep. you know, I mean, so often, I mean, they'll talk about places. Of course, in Asia, I've never yep. been, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And they know a lot about those places. Uh, and uh, I've, it's not not that. You know, rare that we'll be in a place and a student will say, "Oh, I was here last year with my my parents" or something like that, or 
or my mom and dad are in town today. I'm going to have dinner with them. <laughs> or, you know, that's that. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. All the time. Student in Liz, uh, yeah, no, it's it's quite common, um, huh. and you know, so that's pretty impressive because of course that didn't happen in my day. Yeah. You know, when we were out there, um, yeah, and I guess we were, you know, in the first those first years, all we did was go to the Corbusier buildings and Bauhaus buildings. You know, yeah. and when you think back about it, uh, you know, it took me a while to actually have a taste for what I now have a. Mm. great love for you know it takes mm. a while so often you when you when you're there with a student and you say you know this is just the first time you go uh, hopefully this is going to be the first time you're here because you need to you need to come back on your own for one thing like this bubble of english speaking kids is not yeah. the way to do a great architecture study program really but of course it's very um it's it's a, it's you know it it, it works you know it, it means that uh, you know for a lot of let's face it, a lot of parents who are paying for this, yeah. they feel that, um, well, the university has, you know, kind of certified it, and uh, and um, and it's part of a, a grade, that helps, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and, they, and they're getting uh, tuition at another university, you know, for, say, a couple of weeks, and uh, that they have that contact that they would never have on their own, and, um, you know, I... You know, and so I, I think that you know it's not it's not the best possibility possible way to do these things. But on the other, because of course there are many students who just said, "I, I just want to stay here. You know, I yeah. just want to be here on my own." And yeah. I said, "Well, you know." And so that's why often we try to you know park ourselves somewhere for a few days so that there's that option mm. for the, for them to head back and. We've had some naughty students who've had it to other cities. I shouldn't say this. <laughs> uh, eloped off and disappeared uh, for a day. Um, I remember a student. I was like, oh, they're totally forbidden. For, they're totally forbidden to do that. Yeah. But I remember one day somebody. I, we were, I, we were in uh, uh, Madrid, and I said, you know, where's Daria? And they said she had to go back to Salamanca. And you know, you sort of give it to them, right? Yeah. You go. I mean, she said that was just the most beautiful place she'd ever been to, you know. And she just said, and, and she went back. Yeah. And she went back. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, we absolutely don't want anybody to do that, and we keep our travel. But of course, you know, these kids, they, they travel there on, they, mm. they go there yeah. from New Zealand on yeah, their own. Yeah. But it's the university setup that yeah. means that we have yeah. to be very careful about that. But um, yeah, I, 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 I think. Our students are, are, you know, really quite well traveled, mm -hmm. and um, so they're, you know, they're very, of course, interested. And uh, I have to say that um, too, the tours, my good luck, uh, really tend to attract some really dedicated students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, often there was always the issue with my colleagues uh, from early days, but that's sort of faded now. That you know they're taking students away from school. For this period of time, like how are they going to cope with you know my my class? They should be here learning instead. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and of course, we say, well, the only thing is, is in our five weeks, there's not one day off. Yeah, mm. every day is covered. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no, there are no weekends. <laughs> no, mm. Most evenings don't exist either for some because of course they're dying to see things in town. But besides that, um, they usually come back and do every every bit as well as mm. the ones, yeah, because yeah. they're they they've been those really things, energized mm. as you say. Those things always feel like bigger issues. Yeah. Time than they yeah. So, um, Michael, you know a lot about cities and the history of cities, going back before they were even called cities. Yeah. What do you think about the sort of human condition and communal living? Are we destined to be an urban species in that we live communally, we live in big groups? Yeah. What do you think from 
going back to those earlier settlements, that theme of actually living in groups. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's the case actually. You think uh, we are? We are. I mean, I. Um, usually in January, I think, yes, I've got all of the summer to prepare for my classes and I'm going to do... So this year, actually, I started to look into um, really early sites that I really didn't know that well. And uh, I was astonished to find that recent archaeology for prehistory in, uh, well, in Europe, but also in Asia, have been dis- have discovered that some of these cave sites are really communities. They're, they're people who are who are, they're pointing out that they, I think I was, I was reading about the Shanadar um, site in, it's in Iraq, and, and it just so happened to be something that I came across again, and they pointed out that the, one of the uh, skeletons, they have very few skeletons of that era, was so badly damaged that they figured that the only way it survived was through community care of that uh, person. Right. Yeah. And they were saying that is not that is not just two or three people. That are, these, these are people who actually have some experience with putting an arm, you know, cutting an yeah. arm off because he's missing yeah. an arm and he's mm. damaged here and there. And they said, you know, this is like, but he died of relatively old age. And so he had obviously been through a lot, but he had been cared for. And there, there's that more and more that sense, you know, I certainly got this from my bit of reading that surely from very early times, we're not species that tended to, to, to hide it up to places and, and not seek, yeah. uh, um, you know, communal, well, very pragmatic reasons, you know, communal living or, um, you know, sharing ideas, yeah. So, I, yes, I, 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 rather th- I rather think so. Then, of course, we also have that tendency to want some time for ourselves, all these ca- black black cedar cabins and woods that you get on yeah. every website today. Yeah. Everybody wants one. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously there's that desire to, to head out. And, That's um, a beautiful answer, <laughs> I think. Because it's right. not about planning, zoning, activities, <laughs> mass and height. I yeah. think it's a really lovely answer. Well, um, do you think there's a line... I'm, I, I'm really bad at doing this. I will take my own thought and pose it as a question. I think there's a line <laughs> between history and science fiction. Oh. I think that when I look at a lot of science fiction, when I look at imagined environments in film or in, in book and print, they're, they're an inversion of that line. Someone's speculating off in a direction. I wonder if that's if you've ever pondered that way. It's certainly... Uh, there's certainly an analogy in that you're teaching history and giving a certain context for students and then they're designing. And, yeah. and design is science fiction. You're still making yeah. something that doesn't exist That's yet. Right. That's right. And I'm, I'm particularly interested in that question right at the beginning, the links between history and, and how yeah. it can propel yeah. forward. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not really somebody who can talk to science fiction, I'm afraid. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, but I do think that... Um, that, that I think w- when we look at some, you know, whatever it is, like for me it may be, I remember, you know, so the, the week, weeks I discovered Serbian Lachans, you know, I just was like, I don't know, I was like I was taking drugs or something. It was just like super fantastic. I just like huh. wanted so much to learn about that Edwardian world that I'd never heard of it. So it's really in a way a kind of, uh, you're just throwing yourself into a world you just couldn't 
imagine, right? And I had to learn everything about it. Like you have to, like I guess in science fiction where you have to construct everything. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's in a way what you're doing. You have to construct just everything, manners, clothes, Food, uh, smells. You even have to construct histories for exactly. science fiction, mm-hmm. yeah. which I find and really fascinating. Yeah, to, 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 and yeah, I suppose, uh, I, I guess, I, I think historians get that thrill definitely. Um, and, and I think, yes, there is, I mean, I of course have to be very careful not to kind of be seen as a, an old white man who's thinking that his history is like really, really interesting. <laughs> because um, that comes naturally, <laughs> and I, I have to suppress that. You know, um, I suppose you could say so. You know, when I teach design, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of that, as well as even on the study tours. I've, I remember early on, I, I thought I, I'm not going to be the person who, you know, when you come home, is going, man, we saw a lot of old churches. You know, sort of. Thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to yeah. make sure that we see way more, more current stuff. You know, and, and of course, it's, it's just as exciting to me. But I, yeah. you know, as an historian, I tend to. I, I jump into any old building happily, whereas the students will walk right by, often go, well, I don't know, whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. and so, but I have a taste for that, you know, but I think, yeah, um, I think science fiction, the kind of, cr- the, the creation of another world is definitely what historians are constantly trying to speculate on, on what that something is, I mean, especially archaeologists who work without, say, texts, early archaeologists, and for me it was like Byzantine early Christian, that was very much a big thing too, that you really didn't have much text to go on. The Romans left and Greeks left a lot, but not for that other era. And so you really had to imagine, for me it was cities, because that was my that was my thing, was Byzantine urbanism, and it mm-hmm. was like, were there cities? And in fact, when I started it, there was had been a conference and there had been a session, they decided there hadn't been cities. And of course, it was just a failure of imagination, and there's a whole story there, but um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it was the next group of historians who said, no, there, you know, there are other signs that showed that there was communal life, that it was a real life, and it was, uh, you know, you, it, but you had to, you had to kind of I guess maybe astronomers do that. They kind of do triangulate, mm-hmm. and out there, it, there had to be something where it yeah. kind of came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I was once uh, having lunch with Joseph Rickward, and I said something about the fact there were no baths in Byzantium. He said, "Michael, what are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, there's you know there's no evidence for you know Byzantine baths." He said, "Well, well, you just have to." You, you know, you, that's you have to study that. Mm. You know, nobody's done that yet. You know, of course, there's going to be all that because we see it before and after. You yeah. know, it's, mm. it, sure, things can disappear, but it's not. It, and it may be in decline, but and I, and I, I don't. I don't anyway, it, it was just one of those moments when I realized that you know he was he, he as an as an as an historian with a lot of. Um, kind of uh, knowledge, uh, deep knowledge area. He, he could he could say pretty much, you know, categorically that it had to be there. It just like it won't. You know, it might not happen in my life that we'll know anything about them. But you know, a bit like an I guess like a scientist who study outer space. Yeah. They would they it's would makes it's me think like of it's a, a few generations away from our getting there to that knowledge area. Makes me think of the great Carl Sagan I think it's Carl Sagan, yeah. the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Yeah. Right. So yeah. sort of yeah, off yeah. And I guess yeah. it's also that sort of difference between zooming in on the details and then kind of standing back and viewing kind of the span of history and as you say, if there was something before and after, then probably there was something there in that space as well. We just 
haven't found it yet. That's right. Mm. That's right. And uh, yeah, I think so. And you, 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 you know, that's. I mean, obviously, we 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 don't get to teach those things. You know, we're just more or less now we're teaching kind of case studies. Uh, mm. You know, of of. Uh, Chief monuments, you know, the, the whole blending of one to one. one uh, the, the world problem is a spatial thing because you know it's either chronological or spatial. And <laughs> to be honest, um, then you add people's teaching schedules, and <laughs> you can forget. <laughs> you can forget any any you know possibility of there being some sort of blending. It's just it, they're kind of they're they're really distinct lectures, and the students, bless their hearts, have to somehow you know take this in and and come out, you know, after a few years. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's just the first taste of it and presumably in life they'll go, oh, wait a second, maybe I, you know, I'm interested in that or, you know, yeah. I, I can fit that into something that I once heard Graham say or, you know, Deirdre yeah. say, and that's something you go, okay, I can fit that together, yeah, a little bit, which, you know, I think is, I think it's important. Otherwise, uh, if you if you don't know it's there, if you don't know that it could be there or it's there, then you kind of kind of don't see it. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, and so therefore, you know, you go, oh, you know, <laughs> maybe I do know that facade when you're in Rome, you know, um, or something. Yeah. And uh, I guess you want students to be open to ideas and open to form because yeah. it's so exciting. You know, yeah. our own personal world of form is pretty restricted right and you just think you know I, I found it a great way to learn how to see that history was like a way of looking so that, that exercise of looking at floor plans for example yeah was a far better way to learn about plan logic than being told um, go and create a plan yeah and it's the reason when we learn instruments they don't sit you down and go make a sonata yeah. You learn someone else's sonata. You That's learn right. its construction. You learn how to see it and understand it, and you do that multiple times. And yes. I always drew that analogy that it taught me ways of seeing mm. that I yeah. could actually then draw on Absolutely. for my own Absolutely. ideas and explorations. Well, um, my closest colleague in Toronto, I went to school with James Ireland. He's a um, um, residential architect, and, and uh, he was on the last study tours uh, on his own steam, and he helped. Uh, he did. He, he's a. He, he comes from very. Artistic family. Um, mother was a singer. Father was a, a sculptor and painter. And um, and he he's uh, he's so insistent about this kind of tyranny of authenticity. He's just he just says you know like he'll sit down in our reviews and the students said you know I'm doing this and I'm doing that <laughs> and he said you know I, I mean we're not asking you know, there's so much there without you having to sort of try to point out that, you know, you, you, somehow this is going to be something brand new for me. You know, I, I, I don't need that. You know, I, yeah. I just need you to be really appreciative of, of what's out there. And I, he, he thinks it's highly overrated. And I, I'm kind of, got, he's got me around to that way of thinking to a certain degree that, you know, that you know, I remember in this most recent studio, I, I suggested the students copy something I'd once told um, a, a thesis student many years ago was working on the Newmarket, um, University Newmarket site. And um, he was designing a new campus, and uh, for, for, it's a huge site, right? And I said, what about just trying to put all your favorite university buildings on that site? <laughs> you know, you know, and Arne, Arne Jacobson's, and yeah, yeah, Arne yeah, yeah. Jacobson's, you know, St. Anne's College and, and an old building mm. or, you know, something from Bologna, you know, just, just, just 
think about all your favorite, you know, you know Jim Sterling came to mind, you know, the florist building or something. And, uh, and it was just like, if you just put it there and you go, what if, what if it was like a commission where, you know, it was just a mosaic of all these delights, like, you know, yeah. a tray of food, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so recently with the Pahia project, um, we have this site and I was saying something similar that, you know, if you, if you thought about good market hall, because it's a, it's a, it's a food center for Northern, like a food promotion education place in Pahia around food, because Pahia is kind of like a, a food court, I think, when you look from at Google, I mean, it's just like one of everything, right? And there are all these little, yeah. these little, these little kiosks, and it's like, oh, now what about traditional, you know, food production and and food, food insecurity, even, and all sorts of things in North and really interesting, anyway. And so the idea of maybe taking markets and just, you know, like you say, just take a precedent, and say, you know, put it in that place, and then see, you know, face it in the right direction, and. And, and, and work with you know some materials or, or, or whatever and just just as a just as a start yeah. so that um, it, it you're not you're not having to you know dig deep and then you know probably not getting that far uh, very quickly you know without looking at precedent so yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely the precedent man I mean if I ever get students comments it's like uh, you know it's just non-stop <laughs> look at this, look at that, look at this. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's a bit of a, a historian's problem, I think, you know. But, you know, but, yeah. Well, as I always say in therapy, that went by quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Michael, thank you so much for joining us and, um, you know, adding, adding your story and views to kind of the, the sort of stories we're collecting here. And we hope everyone really enjoys this, um, this episode. We don't know exactly what episode 36 will be, but it sounds like we're quite keen to do a site visit. If you want to let us into your building, please write to us. We'd be happy to visit. Otherwise, thank you very, very much for joining us, Michael, and um, thanks for listening. That's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to see you. Bye. Old friends. Yeah, cheers.